Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with Nod founding members Paddy Shine and Chris Haslam. Nod bless. Okay, how's it going? Michael Holland, how are you? Hi, I'm uh, quite fine. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Riga. Super sunny. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh it's going to be a hot hot day, I think. Yeah. Are you getting a heat wave over there? Yeah, I think so. Somebody said it's going to be 30 summit tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was um it was 33 34 here the other day and it was I didn't even realize. I didn't know. I was out working in the garden. And then one of the neighbours walked past, like one of them, here in August in, in Portugal, the villages all get full of people because you have all the immigrants that went away to work in France and England and Ireland or whatever. They all come back to the villages for their vacation for a month. Ah, and yeah. It, and it's just, it's just fiesta time. It's just like they're just having a party basically for a month. So I was out working in the garden and one of the neighbors immigrant neighbors walked past and he, he was a guy that lived who's living in england and he was like what are you doing now i was like why he's like it's really hot it's like 35 degrees and i was like oh yeah and I, like nobody else was out and then i realized yeah. i was just getting I, I was just getting cooked but i was just so engrossed in work and i fucking didn't even realize it yeah so i just went and did, went and did the thing that they do here you know just go and sit and eat <laughs> For those for those three or four hours where you can't be outside, yeah, yeah. sensible. It's such a di- yeah, it's such a different pace of life, like to the UK and that. It's uh, um, very very different. I imagine it's the same for you in Latvia. To, is it a very different pace of life there? Yeah, but they work pretty hard here as well. Yeah, you know, people yeah. like have a strong work ethic, especially yeah. like gardening. Gardening, they have. They have like big pride in their uh, gardens. Yeah. 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 We noticed that as we were driving through. Well, I noticed that when we were driving through in May because oh, we yeah. had to drive drive through because we played in Lithuania and that. So we were passing down that way. And some of the gardens and just some of the, the land, the way it's looked after is just amazing there. It's fucking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, incredible, man. Yeah. So anyway, so Michael, uh, for our Nodcast listeners, for the for the listeners who might not know who you are, give us a little bit of an introduction of uh, of who you are, man, and what you're doing. Okay, so um, what I'm making radio programs for NTS, and in the beginning, um, when NTS asked me to do this radio program. I said to Paddy, you know, right, that we should do it together because then we'll bring in kind of more interesting sounds. And I kind of uh, thought that when we when we began this NTS show, we started it as Ono oh Tesla, so like Ono oh is my label. And then Tesla Tapes is uh, Paddy's label. And then we we did some shows together in the very beginning. And then since then, we have done a few shows like together and some shows um, like this uh, Nod R&D one that uh, Chris did together with Paddy and some connected kind of shows uh, and then I guess since COVID, I kind of just like used this radio show as a kind of uh, reason to go out into the world and and talk to people and and a, and like it was like a passport to and a reason every month to do something like music related, even though in my life I might be like working in a garden or uh, trying to make a radio station in Riga and and this kind of thing. I'm doing these kind of projects. Um, And, yeah, I guess 
Yeah, I just I just really wanted to kind of document the the music that's being created and give a voice to people who are um maybe not they don't have NTS shows, you know. Because mm-hmm. and and suppose kind of like use it as a platform to to allow people to play music that yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't normally get on NTS, like more kind of strange outsider experimental noise folk this kind of vibe yeah yeah i think yeah. that's and that's... your your yeah your radio shows are a lot more like sort of little documentaries as well really aren't they because you do little, nice little interview segments or just segments where they're chatting and you're chatting with them in your lovely northern twang and yeah. uh, it's it's yeah. a really really nice really really nice way a nice format of a show that you've got man i think you've absolutely nailed this kind of mini documentary format and showcasing music from like that part of the world which you're in like latvia that kind of eastern northeastern europe right i mean which is not really i don't think there's anybody else on nts radio that's covering that ground music from no, that area no you're right yeah yeah there's there is um there is one guy in lithuania who has a show but he's interested in dance music really uh manfredus yeah. he's like yeah so yeah i try really just to meet people and then honestly it's better if i just shut up and let them <laughs> talk yeah you know it's better if i just I realized that some sometimes I definitely shouldn't have a coffee before <laughs> yeah. before I do a, an interview because I I get a bit too excited about meeting people, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then I yeah, I try to just like allow space for them to just talk and and uh to share what the whatever they've got to share, really, and I try to let the conversation flow, and I try to edit myself out of the conversation as much as possible, and try to. Mm-hmm. Usually, I end up with like, like tw- ten hours of recordings or something like that, or five hours of recordings, and then I just try to kind of cap edit the like the most interesting parts into a radio program like that yeah and just try to capture the epiphanies you know where people just say like really gorgeous stuff or they just start like that where they feel most comfortable and you can hear in the recording that they're like feeling most comfortable and they're just like they've forgotten about the recording they've they're just like flowing you know Yeah. yeah Yeah, man. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed it. It's it's a really, really nice show. And it kind of, um, it's got that, like, for you to be out there in Latvia and bloody going around and putting yourself in a situation where you're meeting these new people and kind of, like you were saying, like kind of getting them to, to talk about their music and say gorgeous stuff or it's like, it's a bit, it seems to me like a bit of a, there's a, continu- a continuity there with what you're, you're like with your, with music, with, you know, cause you're like a, a, a pretty avid record collector, aren't you? Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Di- you're, you're a bit of a digger, aren't you? You'd like to dig out the fucking oh. weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and then. I'm going like and, every day I can, you know? Yeah. Like yesterday I, I went and and I got a few records. So uh but I took a friend to this place that I go to in uh, uh outside Riga. Um it's just like a furniture shop and I and I took I took this guy who's visiting actually from England. He's eighty one yeah. year old guy, right? And um wow. Yeah, he just came to Latvia just because he, he knows I'm here. And uh, he came just to 
chat and hang out with me. And he came to see Riga as well. Yeah, really. Yeah. So I bought three records yeah. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm talking over you, and uh, I kind of want to show you what I got though. No, because you, you probably because you probably be like, so right. The first one is the Swedish um, pressing recorded in Sweden of this uh, jazz bossa nova guy from Brazil called Sivuka, and it's all okay. like Brazilian bossa nova, like kind of standards like by people that are quite common edu lobo vinicius de mores uh kind of yeah baden powell it's like super beautiful but this guy is a funny looking guy with like almost albino brazilian guy savuka yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's all right and then uh the next one is German one, and it's just called Complicated Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's like it's like eighties German kraut rock kind of, but yeah, there's a cool track on it called Radio On, and it's is it a compilation? No, no, or... it's it's like a. It's produced by Eberhard Schoener, and it's yeah. got like different voices on it, um, different women singing on it. But it's like him making like electronic soundscapes, but then with different complicated ladies singing over it, and it's wow. it's kind of it's kind of pop. But there's like a there's like a weird synth. Uh, Norwavy synth track on it that's kind of brilliant actually <laughs> yeah and then nice. the last one the last one is a monster it's like a it's like crazy psychedelic thing um Boki Milosevic and it's from uh, Yugoslavia and it's like okay. a guy it's a guy playing uh, a clarinet but it's, yeah. it's like a psychedelic, like heavy record, like oh. drums and yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Bucky, that's Bucky Milosevic, isn't it? Bucky Milosevic. Oh, yeah, you know him. Yeah. No, I don't, but I know the I know the surname. Oh Milosevic. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad man, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, I don't think it's probably not the same guy. You know, but but it'd be no. gas if it was. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not the same guy. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not the same. Wow! Yeah. And so, <laughs> you mind me asking, like, how how much you how much the, the, are those records going for in Riga, like in this furniture shop, like uh, a euro each? No, this they were they were I paid all together for these three and a cassette. Actually, I bought a cassette as yeah. well, a sweet Swedish folk cassette. Um, I paid about seven euro, I think. Not bad. That's not bad. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm like, you know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. This is. So you're still you're digging. still digging. You're still digging, man. And t- tell not- me, have you am- have you amassed a huge a huge record collection while you've been there? Uh, I've got a few more. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. I'm trying to get rid of some <laughs> as well. But it's <laughs> but it it's material, isn't it? It's like, it's like, you know, I like, I like playing them and I like listening to them and I like, like, it's just building material, really. It's kind of like, it's journeys, isn't it, as well? It's like when I'm going on journeys, when I'm going to festival or if I'm going to, like, on a trip, I'm like, my ears are open. I want to listen. I yeah. want to hear what what people are going on about. I want to yeah, hear yeah. what, like, say there's some DJ playing. I want to go and hear what they're playing. I want to know what they're into. I, actually, right, there's a girl in um, in Porto who DJed at this festival in Lithuania a few weeks ago, and yeah. she's she's well good. 
She's yeah. like... What's her name? She's called uh, Son Object. Okay. Hmm. Right, and she's called... I think she's called Annabelle. Okay. Or, hmm. Patricia? Not Patricia, no? No, 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 no. She's... she's hmm. She knows everybody you know, I'm sure. She's like yeah. kind of... She's connected in Porto. But she's yeah, she yeah. was the DJ at this festival the other week. Whoa. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some good some good selectors here in Porto, man. They 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 kind of they get really into it. Like there's they kind of take it seriously. There's quite a few, you know, people here who take their tune seriously and go out and DJ and like it's yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty serious thing. Yeah, and yeah. And there's lots of yeah, lots of girls, like lots of really good girl DJs. Not that that's anything odd or whatever, but I've just noticed that in Porto, usually if you end up in a bar or out somewhere late at night, it's usually yeah. a lady behind behind the decks playing music you never heard before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty Great. cool. Great. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, what about yourself? Are you DJing out much in that part of the world? Are you getting to play out? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be doing too much of it. At mm-hmm. the moment, we're doing like a, we're doing our own radio, and we've got a room in the basement of the art academy uh, for a few weeks, and we're like doing a, kind of like an NTS kind of setup. Well, a place where people can come and play whatever they want. And a place yeah, where nice. people be can be creative and play records and play like digital and do live jams and it's so I'm I'm there and I'm listening and I'm involved and I'm taking care of the recording and I'm taking care of the the happening of this thing, but I'm not playing very much. I'm okay. just, I'm just kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want, I want these people to kind of like get into it and want to make shows, you know. And I want kind of like to en- encourage this kind of rich, rich scene that we have, you know. And and I want to create a space where we can have like this kind of creativity in in Latvia. A few pe- yeah. a few places. Uh, you guys have played in the Cannabis Cultural Centre, haven't you? I'm not sure. I can't remember where we played, but we played. Well, you, we played some. You played a lot yeah. of gigs. I know that. But when you came to Riga, you played in like a quite a small venue, right? Yeah, it was a ba- it was a bar with a venue up- upstairs above us. Yeah, I so think. you played. So you played in Canop- Canopus Cultural Centre. Yeah. Uh, they they have kind of like a nice setup for DJs, but mostly the same people play there every week. I kind of want to encourage the people who are young, who don't have like so huge confidence to be mm-hmm. able to play as you know and play again and play again. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to create that really. Well, we are we are as a team really. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We've got we've nice, got a man. nice team. Yeah. 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 And you don't miss DJing because I mean you used to basically I, DJ like th- three nights a week when you were living in Manchester, right? Or even more than that. You had like what was your regular night called at Soup Kitchen? Didn't you have two two regular nights? Yeah, I did used to do it quite a lot. Yeah. 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 I was doing it with the uh, teasers, pleasers with Rob Parkinson. That's and, great. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you came and played at this, and then yeah, and I Chris did. came yeah. and yeah. played at Chris came and played at Haxon as well. Mm-hmm. When I was That's doing right. that, like in in common, and but it's I think yeah. it's all changed in Manchester now. I think it's. Like, I think it has, mate. I think it really has. Yeah. I mean, does it, when I go to Manchester, the only place in the city centre I will go to to socialise would be the Pier Hat. Oh yeah. Just yeah, just because it's 
really good crew there, lovely people. Um, yeah. There might and usually there's some interest in music happening there, whether it's live or whatever. And then besides yeah. that, I don't really go anywhere. I mean, there's the White Hotel, which I'll go to for a gig or whatever, but I don't really go clubbing. You know, I don't go clubbing these days at all. Like clubbing doesn't really appeal to me. But no. as far as I know, the White the White Hotel is the place to go in town to, for weird weird club music. But they have then, a bar now, you know. Yeah, the the pest is a yeah, pest. yeah yeah yeah. I hear good I hear good things about that man. I hear good things, but I've not been in. I've not been in. Oh right, uh, last time I was in Manchester, I, I was in there, and um, oh what what's he called? Um, Vanishing. Uh, oh Gareth. Gareth. Ga- Gareth was in there as well, and like hanging yeah. out, and he was there all night when I was there as well. Yeah, so I, I had a bit of a moment with Gareth downstairs. Uh, I think we had a, a pee together. A <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. He <laughs> <laughs> was a bit tipsy and uh, we were yeah. like, oh, nice to see you, mate. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like Gareth. I like Gareth. Gareth. But, Gareth's yeah. great. Gareth's great. Yeah. yeah, And he's just released a, a new Vanishing thing now as well. Have, have you heard oh, anything? Yeah. No, yeah, no. Really good, is man. It? Oh, is it? Oh, nice. It's really good, man. Yeah, it's really good. It's... Um, yeah, Gareth is a great writer, like both of both words and of arranging music, you know. He can really he, he's really fucking good at it. I mean I keep yeah. telling him I, I keep telling him there's a book in him, you know, when's this book gonna come? Because there's definitely a there's definitely some some probably some good fiction and also just some like I don't know, his take his take on things, his take on, on on the north, I'd like to hear his, uh, see him write a book about the north. You know, I yeah, I can imagine it. Yeah. yeah, maybe he'll do but, it in his uh, in his retirement. Yeah, <laughs> one day. Yeah, and so cool. I mean, so I mean, because in Manchester, like you were one of the most fucking active people that I knew there. You were doing a lot, man, and you were like. Right, you know, I don't want to start name dropping here, but like when you first started Haxon, that was with the guys from uh, Demdike Stair and that, right? You guys yeah. all come from the same village, same town, well, or same part of the world. We do, yeah, but but I actually uh, I met Miles on the bus. We would get the same bus into Manchester every every day, and actually I would plan to get the bus with Miles because I could like chat with him and 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 ask him about you know techno because he he knew yeah. he knew all about it you know and i didn't yeah. know any yeah. i did i basically didn't know anything when i met miles well i i knew a little bit but then miles miles wrote me this list in my uh in my sketchbook and and it basically had like some big names that i should check out on it yeah. It was a, such a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, such a long time ago. Before Demdike Stare, like way before Demdike Stare even started. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he's from Burnley. Oh, and, and, then I'm, you, you... and I'm from Rosendale, so yeah, I'm like yeah. the next town along towards Manchester, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, and what, and did I, you like start that night together, the Hackton night? Uh no no he started Haxon. Okay. Um, but he started Haxon after I asked him to come and play at my night in in uh, Common. So yeah. I I invited him and he came and played at Common and he was like, "Hey, up! This is quite a nice venue. You should he should start a night." And then Sean and Miles started Haxon after that. And then, ah, okay. and then, I went away to travel. I went to India. I went to Canada. I went to New Zealand, and then I came back to Manchester. And Haxon had started, but then by then, Miles and Sean were kind of getting a bit popular and getting a bit like getting gigs around. So they didn't really want to do Haxon anymore. They yeah. so they they handed it to me and Connor, 
So me and Connor ah. ran, ran Haxon for like a few years together. Ah, yeah. okay. So I kind of lost control and then I was given control back again and then I and then yeah. like it just yeah. And then you know life changed and everything changed. Yeah. It was okay. That's a nice that's a nice organic way of it working out though, isn't it? It's kind of like full circle to you know, to do that. And also to see, like, quite, for that scene in Manchester, like, at that time, you guys were, yeah, you guys were at the, you know, at the, in, in right in the centre of it, because at that time in Manchester, that was just before it's, the, that kind of golden period, maybe before the, the, the Northern Quarter became like just fucking tourist town, really. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know? a never-ending beer garden, isn't it, now? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in yeah. every corner you turn, it's another beer garden. Gastro <laughs> yeah. pub central. Yeah, but I think yeah. we should we should also like uh, like say something about Connor because Connor was Connor was always there, like and he was also yeah. also like taking crazy risks connor was yeah, also yeah. always taking crazy risks like booking like crazy gigs and and then and then it comes to gestamkunstwerk as well and connor yeah. was kind of connected with your night yeah and then your yeah. your night gestamkunstwerk was at kunstwerk? the same time that <laughs> Yes, I'm going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm not. I'm not that good at you. You, you. But yeah, that that kind of like became the kind of most interesting uh, event for like experimental music in Manchester for definitely for that for a few years, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Think- yeah. For experimental experimental kind of club music really wasn't it it was like a you know it was yeah it was like it wasn't really yeah. just about the music for us though it was more about i used to really enjoy just decorating the space because we'd try and decorate different every time and add weird things like put cctv cameras in strange oh, yeah. and have them projected over the other side of the building and yeah, we was always trying to work with the space, almost trying to create an installation within a club night, which no one else was really doing much of that, you know. Yeah. Usually when you go to a night, you know, the layout would be the same, the lights would be the same, they'd have the same kind of projections in the same places, and we wanted to just kind of make it as different as possible, so it was almost like you were walking into a new a totally different venue every time, even though it was yeah. in the middle of the same space. So we were talking about the synth cage. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that came about, I think. Um, there was a lot of people at the time around the mill, and they were all making this kind of weirder end of techno kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, for one of the one of the nights that we were doing at Gazankunsvert, we kind of came up with the idea of, like, well, let's set up all the gear. Let's get all the tech like some big tables out, set up all the gear that we, that, you know, basically put a call out saying like any, anyone wants to bring any gear, bring it. You know, we had a big desk, so we put everything through the desk. And the idea was just to have a big jam, wasn't it? With, with everyone who, who wanted to come along and, and jam and we'd see if we can, we can do the whole night as a jam, as a, an, an electronics jam. Instead yeah. of the usual thing of like, you know, there'd be a DJ to start off and then there'd be one act and then they go off and then the DJ come back on and then there'd be another act. So instead of doing it like that, we thought, well, could we make, could we possibly make six hours of music <laughs> off, off just jamming with no DJs? And I think we managed to do it. I think there might have been a DJ right at the end, like Katie or Simon, I think, might, might have done the last hour or so, but... Most of that night that I can remember was just different combinations of people just jamming together. And we we, we brought yeah. in Harris fencing as well and caged it all off. I think yeah, yeah. we were a bit worried about, you know, there's fucking about 20 grand's worth of gear on this fucking table, you know, and uh, people going to be like coming over with the drinks and, you know, 
So yeah, we, yeah. we'll just cage it off. And, I, and that kind of, I don't know, that was a kind of play on the elitism of clubs where, you know, the DJ is usually high up or he's fucking in a room by himself and, you know, don't approach the DJ, you know, that kind of, just kind of play on that really. Yeah. But yeah, do you remember that night pretty well? It was Sam Weaver that, without Sam Weaver, that would never have happened really, wouldn't it? Because he was the brains behind connecting everything up. And For sure. And Rakes as well. I think Rakes was doing doing the, the overall front of house sound for it as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we had kind of like a pretty, pretty much a full stage mixer on the table. And then that wow. was being fed out to channels on the stage mixer at front of house. So there was there was a lot of control going on, wasn't there, with the with what was actually being played? It's almost like the uh, the person mixing it in the cage was feeding it to the f- person at the front of house, and they then they were mixing it on top of that as well. And it was yeah, it was just, it was just one mad fucking jam, wasn't it? Like with a lot of technical gear and a lot of technical people involved to make it happen. Is there any recordings? Yeah, we've got, I'm pretty sure I've got like, we've got like three or four full gazamps uh, recorded somewhere. Um, Oh, yeah. Probably on an old hard drive somewhere. But there was a chance of, I mean, I I originally wanted to release that um, that night because I have got somewhere some kind of edited version of that whole night. Oh yeah, and uh, I think there was a problem with there was a disagreement between me, Katie, and Simon about about releasing it because I, ah. I I wanted to release it and they were like, no, we it's not about that. You know, it was about like experiencing the night as it was and you know having it all recorded and then making a record out of it. They they weren't really up for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have got it somewhere well. still. Wow. Be good to hear it. Be good to hear yeah. it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. it being really good. I was like, fucking, this actually sounds great. You know, for for an improvised electronics jam with a load of people and a load of yeah. different gear just all lumped together, it actually sounded really coherent. I was yeah. surprised. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're, we're doing something similar. Well, my friend uh, Clara from from Prague, she's doing something similar in Latvia. Uh, yeah. She invites a load of people down. But, yeah, they really need to kind of somehow, like, like listen to each other mm. yeah. a bit more. I think yeah. we were kind of worried about that as well because there always a tendency within type of things where everyone's just trying to outpower everyone else. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the person with the, like, most, like, spiky drum machine can yeah. kind of like overpower oh yeah. yeah just dominates the sound oh yeah I think, oh i can't i can't hear myself oh yeah. well oh it's because you know <laughs> oh i'm making that loud sound oh okay, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> i can only hear you you know i i did something i did something similar last weekend here in uh in portal but it wasn't oh, yeah. with electronic. It wasn't with electronics. It was with this um, kind of improv collective called M Cham. In fact, Michael do you, and Chris, do you remember um, on the night after my wedding, we oh, went yeah. to that little gig, oh, and yeah, there was yeah. the guys, and and they were they were basically conducting an improv kind of string section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. was it, it was with those guys. So with the the same two conductors well actually different conductors but one was the same Enrique and another guy called Javier and it was um, so two saxophones two trumpet players cello voice I was brought in to be a part of the voice section but I ended up playing drums I ended up playing drums because the drummer didn't show up so I ended up doing drums and voice and and there was a guitarist, a bass player, and some other weird sort of weird sounds. Yeah. And it was amazing. Bec- it was amazing because that it was like three days of rehearsing to do it, and it was 
more of an exercise in listening, in deep listening, rather than an exercise in playing. Mm. It was an exercise in like it was an exercise in restraint and and listening to what's going on and then reacting to that when the conductor gave you a certain signal to react to. Yeah, and it was yeah. a it it was really great. I really really loved because I have a problem with sometimes with improvising. Like I get in my own way. I get a bit too self conscious for improvising. Yeah. Uh, and especially if I'm with really good players, I'm like, oh fuck's sake! Like whoa, whoa, I'm well out of my depth there. Yeah, but when you when you've got a conductor who's got these various signals to do stuff with, and he's telling you when to come in and out, it kind of takes the it kind of for me it made it a lot more a lot easier to to just disengage from my mind and take part in the process. Yeah, and and it was like a really and it was like a an eleven twelve piece band, but it was it was so subtle and so like. Yeah, it was it was one of the best sort of musical experiences I've had in a while. Actually, it gave me a load of ideas. But sorry, mm. I just went off on a bit of a tangent there. No, it's, no, no, it's kind nice of to listen. I was just going to say, Cause, it's yeah, cause relevant, that because that thing of listening, that thing of listening to the and in that situation, like like you were saying, Michael, people really need to listen to each other before they make a sound sort of thing, don't they? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like you kind of have to train yourself to do that, really. But usually that happens if you get a bunch of people together for hours and hours. It might start off where everybody's been really bombastic and kind of competing with each other for sound. But it will hit a point eventually where everybody learns to hear what that other person is doing, what their sound palette is, and where where they can start to fit in. It just takes time, I think. I think you know? I think it's kind of similar in a way that, like, you know, you can either. I mean, with someone at a desk mixing things in and out, it's almost like they're the conductor. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So every everyone could be playing at the same time, but the conduct the person on the desk is selecting what to use when. Yeah, yeah. Mean? So it's like they're the conductor, but they've they're just in control of everything on the desk rather than giving signals to people to when to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. It takes a little bit of responsibility away having this conductor, yeah. Because you, yeah. they, they're making decisions about it, yeah, about about yeah. the sound, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of freeing in a way. I mean, maybe there's a way of interacting with these the the group that you know that are doing it, Michael, in a, a way of su- suggesting to them this idea of even somebody conducting it, somebody having a various bunch of signals and of when to come in, what to play, or it's, it can, it's a good, even if it doesn't stay that way, it's a really good way to introduce, to just to get the music flowing and to get people listening to each other, even if it's yeah. just for like a half an, a half an hour, just to create that atmosphere of like, oh yeah, we have to listen and react rather mm. than compete, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really interesting way of doing it. Mm. It's given me a lot of ideas. Do, do you know the way that you're speaking about space? Um, it's making me think about um, how when people have to fight for space, you know, it gets it it gets a bit unpleasant. But when there's like open space i'm talking like physically i'm talking like physical space that's open and free for people to use how they please and there's time as well where they can fill it with whatever they want to like when that happens you get like magical stuff like being created because then like you you don't feel the pressure that every sound has to be perfect and every yeah. moment you so that that frees you up to kind of like fill the space with like solo jam for an hour yeah you know yeah and then yeah. that frees it up the space is available for you know you and chris to jam for an hour on on something and you know i feel like space 
And also, I'm thinking again about this time when we were all together in Islington Mill. There was loads of times when there was just like, oh, yeah, there's something happening in the main room, but the gallery space is available. Oh, yeah, why don't you just, like, do something in the gallery for, like, a few hours? And I remember, like, Marlene playing bass in the gallery for, like, for, like, hours and it just being amazing i remember listening to it and just being like wow so beautiful listening to just i think that became uh, a recording a nod cd you know like a, a... uh yeah yeah you're thinking of um um oh fuck what's it called yeah i know what you mean sorry the, oh, ba- the baker nice. is here oh it's yeah a, it's, the bread, it's the bread lady Are we've got we've some? got some Oh, no, right. we've got some. We've, we've got some of her bread already. It's amazing. Her bread's fucking amazing, man. Very, very good. They do really nice cakes as well. I see if Cecilia's getting a cake. Is it called Gestalt? Gestalt, yeah. Yes. Gestalt, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the CD. Yeah. And then yeah, there which was. Is a... A br- it's brilliant. It's just so good, that CD. It's really, really nice, man. It's really, really nice. I ha- I have it somewhere, but I'm not sure where. It's on our band camp, I think. Still yeah, Cecilia. I think it was the Did first. Get me a, get me a cake. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> I think it was the first. C- think I think it was the first CDR that we self released. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, instead of making it up ourselves, we actually sent it to a a plant to press up hundred copies or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a Tesla. CD Tesla CD it was yeah. yeah 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 really it's one of my it's one of my favorite nod things actually yeah, yeah it's one of my favorite things and tell me so what's going on with Ono at the moment Mike are you, are you have you just released a vinyl in the last month or so you just put a record out yeah well not not in the last month, but yeah, this year we released an LP by my friend Casper's uh, uh, Grashevs, who's a painter actually, but he makes he makes electronic music, and he's he's just a local head who's been making stuff for a long time, and it's right. not it's not exactly his like main practice, but it's something that he's. He's always been doing. He's recorded tapes. He's been making jams with people, but he's he's got these tracks that he made, and he can't he, he can't even really remember how he made them a lot of the time. <laughs> nice, it's just, yeah, they're it's the just best like, ones. It's just like proper, like quite lo-fi, stoned kind of electronics rhythms. A little bit like a little bit kind of sits in the same kind of areas negra branca stuff but okay but it's more like northern european kind of desolation more more like yeah it's quite beautiful as well it's a little bit pop music but yeah nice. it's, it's slow um, where, rhythms where, and, where can people on. hear it where can people listen to it it's on bandcamp it's on Bandcamp, yeah. and then the artist's name is Figurus, with an extended U. So, like, if you, I think if you search on Figurus, it's also on the Ono Bandcamp. I've got a few releases on this Ono Bandcamp, but there's also right. well, an we'll, there's also we'll an share NTS a link. show. Yeah, there's an NTS show as well, where he cool. plays where he plays like a load of stuff that's just not on the record, but stuff that he's kind of happy with. And yeah, that's super cool. And it, it that show got um NTS picks and actually I listened back to it and it's like wow, it's amazing. <laughs> and um there's like an unedited version of that show where it's just the music and then the one that went on NTS is like me in the gallery chatting to Caspers and like interviewing him about uh about the music and about so I, I kind of like made a collage of his show mixed with him chatting about it. And it, he says nice. some funny stuff. He's he's a funny guy. He's into drinking beer. And he was in <laughs> 
and he, he's just a funny guy. He's just an he's just a, like a very like honest soul, you know. He's into he's into music like deeply. He's yeah, and he does a he does a regular DJ slot with a a friend of his as well in Riga called uh, oh what's it called? It's called uh, San San Serif San Serif. It's like desert island chill out music ish where they just play whatever they want really <laughs> and they they play in a bar and they just play like what they're into yeah yeah so he's a digger as well he's a he's a digger and i cool. go to this i go to this record digging place with him as well he's like one of the few people who's committed enough to get on a train go outside riga and go and look for records for like we were there Last we were there on Monday actually, like, and uh, we were there for like four hours or something, like just looking through everything in this shop. There's about five thousand records. Oh my god! And we were like looking through everything. Oh, did you find something? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's buying like Harry Krishna records this week. Actually, oh nice. He bought he bought like oh, one- four. Five Harry Krishna records or something. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if he bought the same Harry Krishna record that I, I found a Harry Krishna record in a in a car boot sale in Ireland. Oh and yeah. And then I was and then where was I? I think I was in it was maybe it was in Portugal or was, I was somewhere outside of Ireland and I found the same record again. So I bought it and then I was. Oh, then I was in England, I think, in a charity shop, and I saw the same Harry Bloody Krishna record again. So I and wonder if it, it's the same. What does it look like? It's, I'll tell you. Does it just say India not, on the corner? No, no, no. All I remember is it's a bunch of German Harry Krishnas. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he bought they're German. It, yeah. yeah. He bought and they're it. they're just. They're just yeah. singing the, the the songs, you know, the song. They're singing the song. <laughs> yeah, but it's really, really nice. It's it's a lovely, it's a lovely record. <laughs> we're going we're going off piece here a bit, aren't we? But it's, it's that's nice. all right. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's all right off piece. So it's good so, to yeah. know that Ono Ono is still active, man. Because how many releases has Ono put out? Documented. I mean, oh, undocumented. I think there's about. Like maybe seventy. Yeah, maybe I you more. Were going to say seven hundred. <laughs> no, no. There's maybe there's maybe seventy, but in the last few years, I've I've been doing stuff like on Bandcamp that's not on Ono. That's just like okay. my Bandcamp stuff. Ah, and actually, when I came to stay with Chris in uh, in his the beautiful nutcloth. Nutcloth yeah. Tavern. Um, I made I made another release for my my Bandcamp, which is kind. I guess it's Ono, but it's but it's Bandcamp. I don't do physical releases. I just yeah. I make. It's like imaginary releases. It's less. Yeah, nice. I guess it's less commitment, isn't it, to make an imaginary release? So it's kind There's of like yeah, but documentary yeah, commitment catalogued in a way. Yeah, it's more it's more of a documentation, isn't it? Oh, Ivan, you know what I I um listen to regularly. Um I mean I've not listened to it in a while, but when I was in Ireland I rediscovered it and I ended up listening to it nearly every day. Do you remember the tape that me and you made, Michael? Um we did a we I know we did a few tapes actually, but there was one we and did, it's got yeah. like an or it's one that's got an orange cover on it. And I can't remember what we called it, but it's like an orange sleeve. And on one side is me doing that continuous um, discovery journals when I had those CDJs and I was slowing ah, everything yeah, down. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Then, and then you've got a mix on the flip side and it's like, it's fucking so good, man. It's but, such a good little tape, man. But that tape is House. That's you and House, isn't it? Do you know Is John House? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so ah, it's, it's it's it's. Is it not you and John House? Maybe, maybe I don't know. I thought it was you and me. I thought you had done one side and I had done the flip. 
I mean, it might be because there was, but but that was the beauty of that kind of time, wasn't it? We were just like, yeah. oh, I've, I'm going to a tape convention. Or do you, maybe we can make some tapes for that. And I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. So I'd do a mix yeah. and I'd not really think about it too deeply. And then we'd make yeah. some tapes and then we'd like make yeah. the covers. And yeah, but I think that tape that, that uh, you're talking about, I think it's gold, isn't it? The tape. Maybe it is. Um, maybe I'm confusing orange with gold. I, I, well, I the I cover's think orange. orange. The cover's orange. Yeah, yeah. The tape is gold. The tape is gold, but the sleeve is orange. Yes, yes. So, you're right. So you're that's right. autumn. So ah. that's autumn of that series. There was spring, summer, autumn, winter, ah. and the, ah. the spring one was me and Chloe and. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Big Peace, uh, who lives in Todmorden now. Yeah. Big Peace, yeah, he's yeah. like a hip-hop producer, but also a really nice, cool guy. Um, and then the summer one is uh, like Natasha, uh, Doctor Mystery and... Sa- Sanja, Sanja, who's making like broken beat stuff now, and he's yeah. really super cool. And then the autumn one is you and How's, yeah. How okay. How's doing YouTube DJing basically. Okay. okay, yeah, but it is beautiful. It is damn beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's it really, really good, man. Yeah, yeah. That was they such look- a that was such a golden period for cassettes, wasn't it? That time around and being at the mill as well. It was just like there was fucking tapes everywhere, man. We were just making <laughs> them. Yeah, well, we yeah. had that tape duplicator as well, didn't we? At that point, was it? Yeah, yeah but that tape. That. that no, but that tape duplicator wasn't working by then. I got that oh. tape duplicator in two thousand and nine. And it stopped ah. working in two, 2010. It like kept it decalibrating. And every time you do a run of tapes, they'd be like out of phase. Ah. I, I've actually still got the duplicator. I've oh. still got the duplicator. Yeah. What do you mean out of pictures. phase? Maybe you well, can it was like... like it was imagine like you're listening to one side of the cassette and it's got like a phase pedal on it. So it's just like... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can make some tapes that like plays on that, you know, (laughs) and just use the machine to make some like really mad tapes. You know what amazes? You know what amazes me about you though, Michael, is that you tend to find these things and make them sound good. Like even that thing you did at Nutcluff, I was thinking, oh, he's going to be really disappointed because he's not found (laughs) enough material to fuck with, and then you come out with like two hours worth of fucking stuff to listen to and it all sounds great and i'm like i was like how the hell did he do that i just i'm just amazed at how you can pick these things and you put it into a context that makes it sound coherent and understandable and and great and original and fresh and i don't know i just don't know how you do that i'm 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 not that kind of person which can just find these things and turn them into gold, but you tend to do that quite easily. Was you influenced yeah. by anyone to do that, or have you just been following your own path? Uh, I think that I I treat, like, sound as kind of material, basically. Yeah. And I and then I just make collages yeah. with it. Yeah. And I... And I just kind of listen and listen, and then I'm just like, "Oh, that sounds cool. Like maybe we can like put that together." Or, but then also sometimes it's nice just to let things just play and like give space around them as well. I don't know if it's really gold, but it's it's like it's like I'm planning for the future somehow. Like, and I'm creating this material that sometime in the future, somebody will be like, oh, like, what is all this stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but it's a moment in time. It's like just collecting. It's just like collect everything. And then sometime in the future, when you look at it, you'll be like, oh, that's really nice, actually. Mm. I, I mean, I, you, you, you did... 
Sorry, mate. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It makes me think about posters in the mill. Like I used to go through the trash in the mill and just like pull stuff out and be like, fuck, this is too good to be in the trash. <laughs> like, and yeah. so I've got all these like collections of like material that now is, is kind of precious to me. But at the time it was like discarded material. I've even got like, Right, I'll tell you what I've got that's quite nice, that could be quite nice visual material to go with this podcast. I've got the the thrown-out, trashed photographs that Jamie drew on after he did, like, a photo shoot with with Nod. No way. (laughs) So I've got, like, the, you know, where he's trying to pick which ones to print. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The yeah. contact sheets, basically. Yeah. Wow. So, like, he's wow. gone, like, oh, no, this one's cool. Oh, this one's cool. Uh, oh, well, oh, cross that one out. That's not good enough. And, like, like cool. I've, got th- I've got stuff like that that just, that I just found in the trash. And I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't throw, I can't see that goal. But yeah. then it ends up that I'm carrying all this shit through my life with me you know it's a a problem but it's also quite beautiful you know it is man it is beautiful yeah it is because yeah i remember in those days you were the guy that would turn people's rubbish into fucking gold man like you're an alchemist mate you're an alchemist i was i was making books out of can you remember that time when i'm I found loads of John uh, John Powell Jones prints in the trash. Yeah, Maybe you didn't yeah, even yeah. hear about it. Maybe you didn't even hear about it. I don't know. But uh, I found loads of John Powell Jones work in the trash. And I was like, fuck, John, what are you doing? I didn't speak to him about it. I just took it to my flat. And then I made, like, books. I made two books. So I made a book for him. And then I gave him nice. basically his trash back as a book. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's really nice, actually. And I was like, yeah, fucking right it is. It's really nice. <laughs> and uh, But I also kept a book for myself. I like kept, kept this book that was trash. I did it also with Dr. Me. I've got two of I made two books and I gave one to them and, I, and then I kept one. So it's like it's respectful, I think. They yeah. can always throw it out. That would be a yeah, tragedy, but, actually. But. Yeah, but you're also showing them, like, you know, this what your your art that you're doing, there's not much difference between what your finished product is and what you're throwing away here. You've just got to use your imagination to figure out a way to turn it to turn it into something that's like engaging or something beautiful or whatever. You know, it's it's yeah. funny. It's, it's I mean, that was always a thing at the mill for me was like after an artist had been on a residency or done something and then you go and look in the bins and everything that they've done is in the fucking bins. And you're like, wait a minute. Like all this arts council funding is in the bin, man. (laughs) What's going on here? And that used to really get on my tits, actually. It used to really, really annoy me. But but that was, thank thank God there's people like you and and Lonnie Holly around because oh, it seems yeah. to be that you're, you're on a similar frequency to Lonnie Holly there because he's always in oh. the bins and just turning turning stuff into beautiful artwork. You know? Yeah, Lonnie Holly. Oh yeah, I'm always in the bin. I'm always in the bin. still. I'm still. I'm st- yeah, but it, it's it's both. It is both good and bad. It's 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 borderline hoarder mentality. So right, I think yeah. I think I found you where your influences come from. Did you watch the Wombles when you were a kid? By any chance? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but it's and my influence is from my grand granddad. Yeah, like when when I was growing up, I spent a lot of time with my granddad, and he he was a basically a Womble, and he yeah. had a he had a garage full of stuff, and but then whenever you whenever you like 
at a broken bike or whenever you my dad is also similar but he's kind of dealing with it a bit better he throws stuff out which is both good and bad as well but my granddad whenever you had like something wrong with your bike you'd just be like oh granddad have you got this part have you got this maybe we can fix it or you know, and he would be like, oh, yeah, I've got the right stuff. I'll just go and get it. And then he'd come out with a jar full of nuts and bolts. And in that jar, there'd be the right nut and the right bolt. And then, so, ha- like, storing that jar, like, is crazy. <laughs> but it's not as well it's yeah. like I, yeah. I think it's another reason why I, I I'm attracted to Latvia as well because there's lots of these people you know mm. this mentality this this attraction to like make do amend and yeah. and like make the best of your situation and there's there's a saying in Latvia um that I was thinking about yesterday actually I was talking to somebody about it or the day before yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, soup from an axe, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like making something when you've literally all you've got is an axe. Yeah. So you go into the garden, and you you find that you've got a few peas, and you find that somebody's like there's some potatoes and maybe there's an onion that's gone to seed or you know and you just kind of make a soup out of like basically nothing Mm. Mm -hmm. and and that for me is like beautiful that's like those are almost the nicest meals yeah there's a similar saying here actually in portugal uh, there well they have a thing stone soup yeah oh yeah well it's it's the yeah. same, yeah. It's the same vibe, yeah, yeah. yeah completely. Yeah. It's these that—that's why we're both in these places. I like, guess so. Yeah, poverty is is something actually quite beautiful. Actually, if you live it in the right way, hmm. like being poor isn't something kind of sad. It's it's ah oh yeah. What do they call it now? There's like there's a hipster term for it. Degrowth. Have you heard this term? Degrowth. I have. I have heard it. Yeah, I've heard it being bandied around. Yeah. 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 Right. So. Yeah. So we're already doing it. And we've already been doing it for some time. We're the hipsters, now, mate. We're ultimate hipsters. But but <laughs> now it, it's becoming kind of more like more acceptable in. You know, it's yeah. not this. It's not this infinite path of infinite growth where everything has to get richer all the time. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Like degrowth, it could just be called like simplify, just simplify and be aware. You know, like, like we have this thing, don't we, in the West, especially it seems of like just throwing every, like, like you, you've, you've alluded to, just throwing everything away and not, not thinking about, reusing stuff or fixing stuff but then you you know so many of the countries that people are really clever and are really smart and fucking know how to use their brains they take our rubbish and they turn it into stuff that they can use you know whether you want to call them developing countries or whatever term you want to put on them poor countries or developing countries generally they get our crap transform it into something that they can use and reuse and reuse and reuse again and again and again well we just see it as just shite that needs to end up in the bin you know yeah yeah and like you know that's you can have as many fucking academics in your country highfalutin about academia and philosophy or whatever in your society but if they can't fucking fix a bike or or whatever, they're not really that much good, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to survive, are they? Do you know what I mean? They're not going to fucking survive. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, that. Yeah, yeah, we've gone right off piece now, haven't we? It's good. No, I think I think we, we're talking about music, but we're also talking about life, the same yeah. thing. Like, these, these paths and this art and life path, 
it's just a it's just a choice about time and about how you spend your time. Like yeah. you you can if if you're an artist, if you're a creative person, then you value time more than you value earning money. For and sure, then yeah. and then how you use that time to create and how you get in the zone and like you spend that time to to create like sound or visual stuff i mean it, it that stuff might not have a like a big value in the outside world but it's like it's it's just how you choose to spend your time in the end, at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man. I think that's a really nice, nice place to end it. There, I think what I think, Michael said there is a really, really nice, nice place to end it. Okay. Because it's it's hit the fucking nail on the head. 